Hey, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we liked talking with BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall and his wife, Holly, so much that we're going to replay his entire interview this show. Okay. Also on the show, only in America, we're sharing a few stories about America you may not have heard before. It's all next on this special holiday edition of the Matt Townsend Show. Will your next credit card have its own built-in computer? In Singapore, it's already happening. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Singapore is one of the top four financial centers in the world, and people there take their banking very seriously, often having accounts with multiple banks. If your wallet is already crowded with plastic cards, you can imagine what it might be like over there. But starting in 2013, credit card users in Singapore are getting an upgrade to a card that's its own portable financial terminal. With a 13-button keypad and LCD display window built into the card itself, this card becomes hyper-secure, enabling you to use one-time password codes you tap right into the card. That enables you to make larger fund transfers or get cash in larger amounts, providing your identity without needing to wait for a clearance from a phone operator or bank clerk. The screen can even show you the card's current balance, as well as keep track of multiple accounts. You can even loan the card to someone with a preset limit. Smart cards like this were science fiction story gimmicks until now, but in Singapore, they're a real ATM that fits in your wallet. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Today is a special show for you. It is Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. Uh, So excited, A, for the vacation, B, to be with my family in a haughty, sweat-filled event. Nothing greater than sweating with your family. We hope you're having a wonderful uh, vacation, but we wanted to make sure we put together a great show, and we've got a great show for you. Before we get too far into it, though, we are blessed to live in America. I have lived abroad. You, I think we've all lived abroad. Not you, Skyboy. Nope. I've, I've lived in I've Argentina. I've never, never left the you, United States. You have. Well, Iowa. <laughs> okay. That's practically that's, outside that's, the United yeah. States. Where that's a whole you, other world. Ben, you've lived been, in Mexico? I lived in Mexico for a couple of years, and I also spent some time living in the U.K. That's right. Merritt? Yeah, I lived in the U.K. for about three months. And Idaho? And Idaho, which is, again, it's not in, foreign. It's uh, not. And? I visited El Monte, California, so yes. there we go. <laughs> Good job, everybody. So we've, you know, we've lived abroad. We're blessed to be here. We're blessed to live here. There are some things that you can only get in America. Apparently, yeah. I um, when I was living in England, we were at a kind of this outlet store in a tiny little town while we were passing through some places on a bus, and we got into the store and they had all this fun stuff. We always go try to find like the British things because we're yeah. tourists, and so you know, when I found the digestives, and that was about Bob it. So yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so we were walking around, and we found the American section of the grocery store. Oh, really? The American section. What did they have there? In the American section. This is how they see Americans. Yes. Okay. They sold Twinkies. Of course. Hostess cupcakes. Oh, yeah. Mac and cheese. Oh, boy. Oreos. Uh Uh-huh. 
This sounds like my lunch. And cereal. <laughs> and cereal. cereal. Captain so, Crunch. So it was accurate no, it was, is what it you're was saying. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms is the cereal that was yeah. available. Only Which American. is funny because it features an Irish <laughs> yeah. caricature. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a big American. hit over there. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. But, See, that's who we are. Yeah, the cool part we were like really excited about. I mean, it had been a while. Some of those people really wanted their American cereal. The box of Lucky Charms cost 10 Pounds. Whoa. Ten pounds, which translates to about eighteen or nineteen American dollars. But it's magically delicious. <laughs> it's magically delicious. So it's worth so, the twenty bucks. Yeah, it was hilarious. Which is which the worst part about that is it costs ten pounds, but only like two pounds of that is what you want to eat. You're basically That's paying right. ten pounds for the for, two pounds of marshmallows that you want. I know. There's eight pounds of eight pounds worth of other junk in there that <laughs> yes. no one wants. So and it was so funny. I have a picture of the cereal box with the price tag on it and their little sign that they printed out underneath that says American products with this American flag. Like some cheesy little <laughs> <Yay>! guy. <laughs> and then the leprechaun underneath. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of things found only in America, mm-hmm. okay, this is a list I found. I believe it's from about.com. So it's 10 things only in America. This is why we're blessed. Right. This is why we're, we're only, given this great country. Only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Only in America are, are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. <laughs> okay. They got right? yeah, it's true. True. Yeah. Only in America uh, do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions, yeah. while healthy people can buy cigarettes in the front. <laughs> Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a diet coke. Yeah, and I'm guilty uh, of that one. I don't <laughs> want the sugar. I don't actually even like the real coke. I like the diet coke anyway. I do too. So I always get that, but then I'm like, oh, but the wow, sugar will kill you. Quadruple burger and. <laughs> Only in America do banks leave both doors to the vault open and then chain the pens to the counter. That's right. Do not. Those pens are so expensive. Yeah. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garage. So true. Very true. My parents have yeah. my parents have a three car garage that has one car in it and it is full of and a bunch of tools junk. and old baseball yeah. gloves. Only in America do we need coolers. to rent, and we need to rent a storage unit for more of our junk. <laughs> We're a mess. Almost definitely. Uh, only in America do we use answering machines to screen calls and then have call waiting so we won't miss a call. Oh, yeah. Only in America do we buy hot dogs and packages of tens and buns and packages of eight. Okay, we all know yeah, that one. that ticks me off. Only in America do we use the word politics to describe the process so well. Poly in Latin meaning many and ticks meaning blood-sucking creatures. Wow, nailed it. And only in America do they have drive-up ATM machines with Braille lettering on the number pads. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> How did you get here? I just pulled in. Only Wait. in America, though, and Skyboy just was telling us about um, one of his favorite dates with a girl. Tell us about this wonderful thing you and a buddy did. Because I hope she's listening. Because only in Iowa and America could this take place, where you would go drive around at night. Oh, I thought you said date. This wasn't a date. Yeah, you say it wasn't. But you could only. You'd have to love a. Girl it was like to in kindergarten this. when you pick on a girl, <laughs> yeah. right? And you, yeah, you, you like throw her. sand at her. You're teasing her, so you're teasing her, and this it was is bro just... time. I was hanging out with my <laughs> your with bros. my bros, <laughs> and you were trying to impress a girl. Let's hear how you did it. Um, <laughs> only in America. So there was me and three of my buddies, and we. Um, we're driving around in my dad's pickup, and it's Iowa, and kind of in the it's in the country, in the woods, and there's a lot of roadkill, a lot of possum, and 
raccoons and vermin vermin <laughs> and so we uh we had a shovel and a garbage bag and we were shoveling all the dead roadkill we could find putting it in the garbage bag and putting it in the back of the pickup <laughs> oh and my we gosh. <laughs> only in america <laughs> and we drove to uh to this girl's house we teepeed their house a lot we, well yeah yeah, but Naturally. why waste toilet paper when you could use vermin? Yeah, so uh, we were we were getting sick of the toilet paper, so we wanted to be more creative, and oh, so we man. put the roadkill. We just spread it out all over <laughs> their front yard, and we took the biggest <laughs> raccoon and put it right on her windshield of her car. Oh. They probably thought a cult had attacked their house or something. It's like a horror <laughs> yeah. movie in Was the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> was there a holocaust on the poor animals from the animal? It was like in a Iowa. scene from from Redwall. Is that where all the Animals fight. There was a big battle. Was there a big <laughs> battle of animals? <laughs> Noah's Ark crashed on her front yard. So I put this question out on Twitter about uh, Only in America, yeah. right? Give me your best Only in America stories, what I put out there, cool. at, at Ben underscore Wagner on Twitter. Uh, so someone sent, me this, <laughs> someone sent me this article um, about Mountain Dew and Dorito cupcakes, which oh. is cupcakes that Ooh. have uh, Doritos... Like crumblings on the outside, yeah. and then the inside, there's like an icing made out of Mountain Dew. Oh. Which is definitely only an only in America situation. The perfect combination. Fact, when I, I do have to say, when I was uh, living in Mexico, I spent two years in Mexico uh-huh. down there, and uh, the first thing I bought when I got back uh, to the, it was in the Dallas airport, went through customs, I was back in the terminal, right? The first thing I did was go to a store and buy a Mountain Dew, because they do, don't have Mountain Dew they in Mexico. They don't have Mountain Dew down there. And I really wanted one. A cupcake with Mountain Dew infused cake, I guess, mm-hmm. and like Dorito crumblings on it. Oh. Is it only mm. in America we have all the high fructose corn syrup and everything? Yeah, like every yeah. every other country I've ever been to, um, the uh, soda is made with real sugar, but here we make our uh, soda with high fructose corn syrup. Well, how everywhere else, else in the world. Well, how else would we addict you? We've got to make you an addict. Only in America. Well. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. Now, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but the high fructose corn syrup thing, corn syrup thing happened because back in like the 60s and 70s, there was an, a movement to uh, lower the price of food in America, and they did it by incentivizing corn farmers to create more corn, and that's why there's so much high fructose corn syrup in everything. It's, I, it's, I don't care how it got there. All I know is <laughs> yeah, it needs to go away. It's Skyboy's fault. Yeah, Iowa. I'll take responsibility. Grab my pitchfork. I'm gaining weight because of you, Skyboy. You know much else? You know how much corn helps us though. It does. There's a lot of good uses for corn. Corn on the cob is great. Tortillas. Yeah. You can feed corn You won't have tortillas without us, Matt. Doritos. Cheetos. You couldn't have your your Cheetos. Dorito Uh brown cupcakes without Cheetos. Couldn't have your Cheetos. Couldn't have popcorn. Couldn't have your Cheetos. Couldn't have my Cheetos. Oh, man. You and Bronco Mendenhall couldn't have your Cheetos. What would we eat? I don't know. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you. And uh, we wouldn't have roadkill. Because no, everyone would have moved out of Iowa. And and what else would you do on a Friday night if you didn't have roadkill? Okay, that is just, <laughs> by the way, a bunch of rich Look, kids you gotta spend, you picking gotta, up roadkill. you got to spend your bro time somehow. Yeah, you know what? Toilet paper her house next time, man. We, we've just done that plenty of it. times. Yeah. We needed something well, new. Well, technically it's biodegradable. Well, yeah. yeah. They wake up that morning and there's all these vultures, <laughs> ravens, all these. It's like the birds. <laughs> it is. It's like some bad Hitchcock movie. <laughs> That's just gross. That kind of, <laughs> that just may have ruined the 4th of July. I, I, I still wonder sometimes why we did that. I don't you, think I would do that now. Well, if she's listening, <laughs> are you sorry? I mean, don't you owe her an apology? 
Sorry, Molly. If you're listening. Oh, <laughs> that was actually cute. <laughs> that was really cute. Is her name really Molly? Her name's really Molly. Spoiler alert: She's not listening. Let's actually let's be real. You liked her. Um, you did. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably at some point. I don't know if it was at that time, but at some point we hung out a lot. But and you thought, hey, if I if there's any way, maybe I could. I don't know. Put flatter her, flatter her by maybe woo, throwing out some diseased woman. carcass. Did you tell your dad that you had done that? Because now the back of his truck's just messed up with fur and. Well, he doesn't have that truck anymore. You know, by the way, only in America can you drive down the road, see a dead animal on the side, and tell your kids, look at that deer sleeping. My kids think deers are sleeping in the road because they're, they're like, there's a lot of sleepy deers, Dad. Because <laughs> I don't want them to think, you know, Ma, Dad, why is that deer sleeping with its arm behind its neck? I don't know, son. They sleep all <laughs> sorts of ways. Do you have arms? Yeah, what do you call that? Leg. Leg. <laughs> Yeah. That'd be weird if deer had arms. Oh, sorry. Up. I don't know my roadkill. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> my bad. My bad, roadkill master. Anyway, America's great. Aren't you glad? Fourth of July. Any favorite things you guys do on the fourth? Fireworks. Uh, yeah, other than blowing people up. Food. Yeah. That real nice. American I mean, really food. Real barbecue. American food. Yeah, time. real barbecue. I'm hungry. Hmm. I like, I really do. I just like getting, I like going to a barbecue, sitting with a bunch of people you don't see but once a year, having them make a comment that you're like, oh man, I'm not going to see you for another year. And then, and thank goodness, and sweating. I like to sweat on the fourth. Know what I mean? You think they could have gotten together and written the Declaration of Independence like, you know, during October or like something? Fall nice would have weather. been so nice. Yeah, it had to be hot there. But it would have ruined football Independence season. Hall. Okay, one an interesting fact though. Yeah, I learned this today. Uh, July fourth, the date is actually kind of erroneous. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Really? Yes. It the only thing that happened on the fourth to even do with the Declaration of Independence was that Congress adopted it. But really, it was finished written, finished being written on the second. Most people signed months and months later. Really? Yeah, like in December. So, but that's not fair. That's like saying, okay, well, technically the baby's birth date was the fourth of July, but technically it grew for nine months previous well, to that, and the birth certificate wasn't signed until a couple of days later. So, I think okay, we just but needed the funny a vacation. Part is, is that the first Nicholas celebration of their independence didn't happen on the fourth. They did it like days and days later on like the eighth and ninth. Yeah, and then. England, the British government didn't even know that they had declared independence. Doesn't it happen? We are on there. So. They couldn't just they just couldn't tweet it at them. They had yeah. to send it by boat. <laughs> Doesn't it have the date on there though? Doesn't it say July fourth, seventeen seventy six? I think it was added later. Why'd they pick that day then? If it holiday, we it needed a holiday. Good. July right. needs a holiday. Hello, because it's the fourth of July. <laughs> Duh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. See how fun this is. I still am glad we have the holiday. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some awesome interviews. We're going to find out about how Ben's father nearly killed him and a bunch of scouts. We're also going to hear how Skyboy almost died in a mortar blast. Is that what it's called? Mortar blast. Sure. Scary. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. For cars, aircraft, and machine tools, NASA software can warn you when something's about to break. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. 
A blinking red light on the dashboard doesn't tell you much about your car, except that you've probably already broken something expensive. But a development by NASA's Ames Research Center could help. The hybrid diagnostic engine, called HIDE, is software that understands all about mechanical breakdowns, from the metallurgy and chemistry of the parts to temperature, vibration, and more. HIDE measures actual performance of parts under stress, comparing them to its internal algorithms to make an accurate prediction of how far you can push it before it breaks. HIDE has been used to improve drills for Mars exploration as well as aircraft and auto parts, saving millions and improving safety. It even supervises the geothermal heating and air conditioning at Ames. But HIDE is also a tool for improving tools. In the virtual environment of HIDE software, you can model new machines and see where they'll need to be strengthened to last longer or fail in safer ways. Versions of HIDE could let your car predict an imminent breakdown and command it to slow down and get you home or to a garage before something loud and expensive happens. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. This is our Independence Day show, and you know what? Who better to uh, teach us about the holidays than our very own Ben Wagner? Now, Ben's going to do a little bit for us here. He says the holidays are all about family traditions, right? Well, what happens when family traditions go wrong? Ben Wagner has more on his family's 4th of July yearly tradition gone wrong. For many Americans, the 4th of July is like Christmas in the summer. Well, if Christmas had fewer ugly sweaters and more bad jean shorts. For many families, America's Independence Day carries with it a host of family traditions. Cookouts, fireworks, apple pie, the Mets being in last place. These traditions are all part of the familial spirit of Independence Day. Traditions that create what we would call Kodak moments, if Kodak still existed. In my family, our 4th of July celebration normally involves some sort of barbecue, a dip in the pool, and semi-good company. But of course, no Independence Day celebration would be complete without exercising that most basic of all human rights guaranteed to us by our founding fathers. The right to shoot large gunpowder filled with colorfully exploding projectiles into the night sky. However, in my family, it's this last practice that has led to another equally important family tradition, us accidentally catching something on fire. To call my dad a pyromaniac would be a a bit of a stretch, but he's always had a knack for blowing things up. For example, for my middle school science project, we opted to run tests on how various fabrics performed as parachutes, utilizing homemade model rockets. Now, we eventually did get it right, but not before we lost a rocket or two to various forms of combustion. There was also the time my dad, as the Boy Scout leader, thought it'd be fun to have a bottle rocket war as a troop activity. And it was fun, up until the point where a bottle rocket exploded in my face. And then there's the countless old dishwashers, refrigerators, and 1963 Volkswagen Beetles we found abandoned at the trash dump by our house. They all met fiery fates. So as you can imagine, he tends to go a bit overboard with the fireworks on 4th of July. It's just like a free pass to blow stuff up. It starts with the annual trip to the fireworks superstore just a few days before the 4th. Now that normally results in way too much credit card debt. That's followed up by a carefully choreographed celebration the night of the 4th. Preluded, of course, by a frantic search through the house for any half-used lighters. This cacophony of explosions that briefly brighten the July sky is then followed up by something catching on fire. Whether that's a piece of cardboard, a patch of grass, my brother's t-shirt, 
it never fails that something goes up. In fact, it's actually become a favorite mental game of mine to try and predict every year what's going to catch on fire. Three years back was probably the worst of them all. We were visiting some friends back in the Carolina Lowcountry for the 4th. During the triumphant fireworks celebration, of course, organized by my father, a small rocket was incorrectly placed into the ground, causing it to launch horizontally straight at the crowd of spectators. Now, luckily it didn't hit anyone, but it did go right into the neighboring cornfield, causing us to run over and put out a small brush fire before it devastated some poor guy's crop for the year. For us, the great family tradition of fireworks going wrong has become a tradition of its own. At the time, it might have been a bit scary trying to dodge that bottle rocket, but now it's a story to smile at during family gatherings. Sometimes, the tradition gone wrong becomes a tradition unto its own. This 4th of July, as is tradition, something, or someone, will catch on fire during our annual firework extravaganza. But you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. Wow, Ben. <laughs> and it brings a tear to my eye. I've just always wanted to have like a monologue with patriotic music behind me. That was beautiful. Yeah. You know, nothing says family more than drop and roll. Right? <laughs> my eye. I can't. Dad, the bottle rocket exploded in someone my eye. Grab, someone grab the fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, explosives, huh? Yeah. Your dad's, he's, he's trying to create a memory. Oh, and he has. He's yeah. been successful well, I'm sure. at that for sure. I mean, when you're in the burn unit, this it's remind- a big memory. There's like a thing that guys have, right, where if there's a fire – I was camping this last weekend. If there's a fire, men, we can't look at a fire for more than like oh, 90 no. seconds without being like, I have to play with that. I know. Like I, Must I, have touch. To, I have to put something in there. Me touch. Me touch yeah. it. Yeah. I've got a, a good fireworks story that, of something you probably should not do on this 4th of July. Uh, my so buddies why are we telling I, it? Because <laughs> telling people to not do oh, it. Oh, good. Yes. This is a warning. Okay. This is a, yes, a message, a message for all of you of warning. This you should do not, not do. Do not do the following. The it's management of Brigham Young. You, okay. So my buddies and I had a bunch of fireworks, and we were shooting them off. And we had uh, we were shooting off mortars, you know, the oh, big ones yeah. with the big- uh, uh-huh. War. They're from little, wars. Little <laughs> thing that you put it in. And uh, uh, we had the bright idea of going somewhere else to shoot them off. I can't remember where we were going, but while we were driving, while we were in transit, um, <laughs> my buddy said, decided to shoot a mortar out the window oh, sure. into a field. And we're like, Naturally. yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Well, it's brilliant. It's the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we'll tell you something that happened. Oh, no. Might not be the worst that could happen, but it wasn't pleasant. Um, so he holds it. He lights it. And he's sitting behind the driver, and I'm in the passenger seat. And he lights it, and all of a sudden, there's just the deafening blast of the firework, and our ears are ringing immediately. <laughs> and I hear, and I feel something hit me in the in the forehead, really hard. Oh, man. My first thought was that the mortar, the firework came in, yeah. And so everyone like ducks. You thought it was like somebody's arm. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was a firework, so I thought it was going to explode then in the car because it shoots off and then it explodes <laughs> in the air. So I duck. Finally, we hear it out there, and it turned out that the the stand, because he was holding in his hand. You know, the force, physics, and all that stuff went flying out of his hand, hit me in the forehead, and uh, his <laughs> wrist was sprained, and our ears were pounding, um, and we turned on the light, and I was just gushing blood. Holy, was it red? It was red, yeah. Because, yeah, we yeah. don't, we bleed red. We, yes, we do. These colors don't bleed. <laughs> no wonder you're Dr. Matt Townsend. Yeah, see that? 
And so I, my, my, my forehead was split open and I went home and my dad was asleep and my mom came out and, uh, she looked at it and she woke up my dad and we had to go cause he's a doctor. So we, we had to go to the ER and he gave me stitches that night. Did you say, dad, I was hit by a mortar. <laughs> Where? No meaning In Iowa. Red, white, and blue. I time traveled to 1916. <laughs> were you in the war, son? No, we were driving to blow things up. Oh, man. Luckily, so your dad's a doctor. Don't shoot mortars out, out, out your car. So is that the lesson That's the you lesson, learned? yeah. Boy. That's a not a good thing to do. That's not a good thing to do. Yeah. Boy, profound. Hey, all you <laughs> listeners, don't shoot explosive things outside of a moving vehicle. Shoot them inside the moving vehicle. Unless you're in the military. Yeah. And then you have permission. Yeah. Mortars. Boy. Sky, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Do you see the scar? Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Oh, is that what I can? Yeah. I thought you were Harry Potter with that little Z thing. I know. That's what I... I felt like a mix between Harry Potter and Ron Weasley because I've got the red hair. <laughs> yeah. Your scar. Your dad's. Your dad does some good stitch, stitch work. Your body's filled with it, isn't it? He's given me stitches up here in the kitchen before, on the top of my head. You're a mess. But we love you. Thanks. Okay, so all you out there, we hope you learned the lesson. No one needs to die. Fires don't need to be started. And you don't use mortars in moving vehicles. A gift from the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to uh, give you more joy, benefit. And we're going to be bringing you one of the best interviews we've done on the Matt Townsend Show. That's up next. You're listening to BYU Radio. On Thinking Aloud, you can hear host Marcus Smith talk with guests about a variety of topics. The subjects can range from superheroes to religion, sometimes even in the same conversation. One of the things that I have learned through studying superheroes and thinking about superheroes is that genuine spirituality is actually harder to do than a certain kind of orthodox religiosity. Join us for Thinking Aloud at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sure, robots are useful, but will we ever build robots that are not creepy? Relatable robots coming up. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Robot manufacturers keep making progress on robots that can use human tools and environments and work with as well as for us. But for every person out there that loves robots, you can also find one who's just plain creeped out by them. That unease humans feel is called the uncanny valley problem, where robots sort of look real but don't act real. Solving this problem has been a goal at Hanson Robotics, which previously built famous animated model robot heads of Albert Einstein, as well as the late sci-fi author Philip K. Dick. Now, Hanson's pushing ahead with even more expressive bots, in an effort not just to escape the uncanny valley, but to give future robots actual empathy for humans, even if only in simulated form. They're doing this with more lifelike artificial robot skin, as well as with software that looks at a human face and reads their expressions to deduce their emotional state and create appropriate responses. Such tech also has therapy applications with certain types of autism patients who have trouble reading the feelings of people around them. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Happy 4th of July. Boy, coming up on this next segment, have we got a special treat for you. We're going to play an interview that we did last week with BYU football coach Bronco Mendenhall and his wife, Holly. Because what could be more American than football, right? What else should we be celebrating on the 4th? Well, the Mendenhalls have an answer for you. How about family? I started out by asking Holly if she knew what she was getting into when she first married Bronco. None. Absolutely none. I, I uh, And I, you know, he tried to warn me, but I don't think you can really warn someone no. of that. You just kind of have to jump in and sink or swim, you know. Well, but no, I had no idea. You had no idea. And I think that's what's so interesting about the life. You guys have lived... Where? Or Oregon State, Snow College, North, what, Northern, that's where you played, Northern Arizona, Oregon State, Louisiana Tech, New Mexico, BYU. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's just kind of part of the deal, you know. But I have to say that we have not moved as much as a lot of our friends. Haven't you? And we've got friends that move all over the country every year or two. And um, so we've been really, really lucky that we've been able to stay significant amounts of time in, in a couple of spots. So yeah. You know, one of the things about our show, you guys, that's different is we don't we're not going to ask you sports questions because quite honestly, <laughs> that's <what they> said. <laughs> and, it's, and it might be more freaky because, you, you now you got to deal with it. But I think what I see as an outsider about you two is you you're not just you don't just live life. You actually have a philosophy of how you live life. Right, Bronco? Yeah, we, we certainly try. And, and it's just so much fun to, to listen to Holly because there's balance. Um, even though I've, I've got this incredible job, I should say we have this incredible job and demands. You can already tell from Holly how authentic and how grounded. Yeah. And so it's really, um, it's fun. And so what we try to do is serve as much as possible, teach our boys the value of service. Um, we, we work hard to keep our family and our faith intact and do the best we can in terms of open communication lines and, and diversity of interests. All yeah. three of our boys are so different. But I've also learned, and, and why Holly's in Montana, we've worked really hard to allow each other to have personal growth. And so, yeah, I'm busy with camps. There's no reason why she can't be in Montana no. with the kids and, and having a fantastic time. Yeah, and, and she's, a, she's a travel nut. No question. Like, she, <laughs> Holly, you go everywhere. <laughs> I do. I love, I do. But I think that's education, you know. I yeah, love totally. I to love see the world, and, and that's how you learn about other cultures and not be quite so, you know, stuck in your own little little bubble. I, I was, think you need to get out and yeah. you know, appreciate life. And, and you take and your boys. You for sure is. want the boys to go. Even if Bronco's not going, you want the boys <laughs> to see it. Yeah, I do. In fact, I said, hey, I think the boys are old enough because we took a break. You know, when I was having kids, we didn't travel quite as much. And I think I said, let's go take them to France. Yeah. And he said, well, I can't go. I, did you say I, I can't go mom. or I don't want to go there? Well, yeah. He said, uh, yeah, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'm going to call my mom. So we took the boys and we cycled all over the Loire Valley, and he was probably like, "Holy cow! I better, you know, I better go." No, no, there's, there's, there's more to this story. Let, let me, let, let me weigh in on Let's this. Let's hear the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my brothers all uh, love motorcycles and, and Harley Davidsons, etc. So we have a, a one week each year where we we uh, hop on Harleys and ride to Santa Cruz, and I have another brother that's there. And so Holly says, "Well, I might take a trip as well." So I was thinking that might mean to like Bryce National Park or yeah. Zion's or something. I didn't know it was going to be France, so I'm I'm riding my motorcycle <laughs> Harley to, France. To, to San Diego or to California, and Holly calls me and says, "Well, we're on our way to France." And you're like, "What? <laughs> yeah, Hold how does it. that happen? Hold it!" <laughs> yeah, you know um, that is 
but that's that's kind of what you're saying. The, the diversity that she's a big girl. Yeah, she can go handle it. She can yeah. take it on, and it's and, her passion. And, and and who am I to um, because we're married to to limit her personal growth and progress and freedom and things that that fill her cup. Yeah. And, and it's okay for those to be different and at different times. Yeah. And we're completely faithful and unified and supportive of each other. And there are times where we're we're not in the same place at the same time, but we're both enjoying it. And that's great. And you trust each other. And yeah. I mean, that's what I see. What were you going to say, Holly? Well, no, because I mean, sometimes it's good for both of us. I mean, you know, when he, I mean, he, he loves to go to the beach and do his thing. And I love to do that. But sometimes I want to go do have some culture and so we're we're still individual people as well you know yeah well the, the other thing for us if, if you went on like our personality profiles holly is off the chart extroverted is she? i'm off the chart introverted, introverted. <laughs> isn't that funny? And, and so what what gives holly energy is to be around people and travel and cult and watching others and interaction and yeah and i could be on my surfboard or fly fishing with no one else around and i'm liking it You're and in so heaven. The more we understand about each other, the more we support um, what powerful. is good for each other. Well, see, because on the yeah. show, all the time, that's what we're bringing up is we're all different anyway. Marriage is, marriage is a tough thing no matter who you are, right? And, right. and I, even, I actually get to see a lot of past players that are struggling with their wives. And it, so to me, it's exciting to know that their coach, their leader, and their wife and the, the mom of the team – that you're you get it you're walking your talk that's huge another thing well, that it's, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle you know i mean light marriage is, is oh. two individual people together that yep. are completely different i don't care who you are no. nobody has a perfect situation right nobody does no yeah everyone has their battles and their junk well, you know you just have to trudge through and do the best you can and learn and make it work and then yours is high profile so you can't even have private junk you've got public <laughs> yeah. junk you can't even go to yeah, dinner really without everyone's like isn't that, that bronco and holly are they not talking why aren't they talking so here, here's what happens after i think yeah. it was like the third year on the job holly decided that vacationing in the u.s wasn't enough <laughs> she's um, got to get we, to we have to go out of the country yeah. so our junk isn't as public that's true but there's also it's a cultural true, element so we're getting away from the um, visibility of our junk and getting culture, so we're kind of uh-huh. doing two things at once. <laughs> That's that, and plus your BYU and you know the the LDS church is everywhere, so you can't really go anywhere without some BYU fan saying Bronco. So Holly makes sure that I, I, I didn't realize that. Does that drive I, you that crazy? Was, you know, new to me. Yeah, <laughs> that was new to me. I just didn't know that that would be coming because oh. I'm not from down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, holy cow. Yeah, so, you didn't know that. People it, don't know who we are. I don't. People don't know who the boys and I are. If we're not with Bronco, we can. Oh, you don't get it. Does, does that bother so, you? We don't get so, it without him. But here, here's the Me? thing: is so yeah. Holly starts noticing um, before well, I we. I don't tr- like to always be the wife. Just a second, honey. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't always like to be the wife. Quiet, Bronco. I'm, always, I'm used to that. Yeah. You're, you're cutting. You're. You're. You're not. I mean, I, I don't always like to be the. The, the second. Wife, you know? Yeah, you're a human yeah. with your own identity. Yeah. Exactly. You're not just Bronco. Exactly. Bronco's bag. Yeah. 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 That's hard. So you know. So. But it's okay. So based on visibility, Holly, one time we're flying back from vacation, and I'd I'd uh, I'd grown a Fu Manchu while I was out surfing, and <laughs> and she said, "Are you going to actually go on the plane with that? You can't look and, like that, Bronco." Said, you absolutely not. And so she scolded me like she's my mom. Isn't that Will funny? You shave that, please? Shave that. Yeah. And wear you've got to wear a nicer nicer yeah. clothes. She's looking out for me, but it was if like I'm going she, out with you in public. You're not looking like yeah, that. She finally got it. Like okay, Isn't now I funny? get this thing. So shape up, will you, pal? Tell me, tell me about daddy role. So you've got three boys. Yeah. What are the yeah. uh, Raider, Cutter, and Breaker? Breaker. I yeah, guess they're, they're all verbs, right? And- 
Yeah, they're Ur, they call them the Ur brothers. The, the Ur brothers. <laughs> what, the Ur brothers. Yeah. Holly, fill me in. What's Bronco like as a dad? Like when you see him, do you ever you see know, him go head coach on your oh, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and sometimes I have to say, you know what? We're not your players. You know, I'm not your secretary. <laughs> yeah. Do you and, make him you know, run laps? This is, this is home, and so you go have a timeout, and then when you're ready, we can, you know. Yeah. But but no, he's he's good. I mean, he's got a you know he's got a good drive when he comes home and he can kind of decompress and yeah. Um and we the kids are all very different, and so what I love about Bronco is he's great at really, um, reading each child for how unique they are, and um. That's a good coach, isn't it? Try and carve carves out the differences in the kids because they're very different, and it's hard for our kids. We have three boys, and so they all say, "Oh, are you the future linebacker of BYU?" And uh. You know, so um, everyone's compared, so, aren't they? They're all put in yeah, this box. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. might be and a dancer, one, or one might yeah, be and, a and, and comedian, exactly. or something. Exactly, and it's just like so. Sometimes there's some stuff like that. Bronco is fantastic about wanting the boys to be their own person and develop their own unique, special, you know, talents that we've all been given. And so I love, I love that about him. And you know, it's hard to carve time out for all the kids. But like me being up here in Utah, we couldn't bring our oldest, and so he and Bronco have just had a fantastic. Time while Father, I'm son up time. here, yeah, just really spending some time together. And he's 13, so he needs that time with his yeah. dad. And so, plus they uh, can grow beards you know. together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, we, Cutter and I, um, we we were saying uh, we we take turns at night saying our prayers and 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 so it was his turn a couple nights ago, and so he's saying his prayers and. And he was saying, thanks, Father in Heaven, for letting Dad and I be room dogs while Mom's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, great. That's priceless. Room dogs. Yeah. Don't you wonder yeah, what they're I mean, eating, Holly? <laughs> well, Cutter called today and said, I don't know what to eat. I'm hungry, Mom. Like, well, Dad never you know makes what? me. Yeah. It, right. You're there and I'm here, so I guess you better figure it out. That was BYU football coach Bronco Mendenhall and his wife, Holly, talking about Bronco and his adventures spending time with his son. We'll be back with more of Bronco and Holly Mendenhall right after this. Finding the beauty in science. We'll find the connection between a space helmet and fine art. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. If you look carefully through color images of NASA spacesuits, and particularly their helmets, you may notice their visors sometimes look very reflective. That comes from microscopically thin coatings applied to the surface of their visors in a process NASA developed. The purpose of these coatings, besides blocking solar glare, is to protect the head and face from harsh radiation in space. Incorporating a thin layer of metals into the surface of the visor, and to optics like camera lenses, deflects the radiation while passing light. These coatings are called dichroic. That means two-colored, for the fact that dichroic glass shows two different colors depending on the angle of the lighting. Dichroic glass is also a component of fine art glass sculptures, including those of artist Jan Lipchenko. Jan's sculptures use dichroics to surprise the eye by bringing unexpected color to details of things like crystal flowers. He gets his ultra-pure dichroic glass from the same supplier NASA and the military use for their optics, making his sculptures so exquisite they become a favorite of presidents and CEOs' art collections. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. 
Whether it's the big picture or the minute details, Marcus Smith loves to discuss anything and everything about the world around us. We're always talking about the big picture. The big picture is good to see. But I suspect that where we are lacking is in our capacity and our appetite to think about the smallest things. Start your day off with Marcus Smith on The Morning Show, weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, and happy 4th of July to you. Uh, on the show today, we are replaying our interview with BYU football head coach Bronco Mendenhall and his wife, Holly. On this segment, Bronco and Holly tell me about their family first philosophy. I began by asking Bronco and Holly, what does family mean to the Mendenhalls? Family really means, honestly, that it means making sacrifices and, and um, concessions in all areas. And um, there's probably, uh, there are a lot of things that I don't do with Bronco that I could do because someone has to be there for our three boys. He's gone a lot. And so it's about the quality time that you have together. Sometimes it isn't the quantity time. But when we're together, we're together. We don't have TV on and we're not doing a lot of the media stuff. We're just hanging out. That's great. um, Just being together and communicating. So um, I really, really think that we really strive to put our family first. It's powerful. and that's really hard. It's really oh, hard. Oh, in this do. world, again, it's and hard it's, for everyone, let alone. And you've got teams and, and commitments and all that stuff. And sometimes, and, and I know we've tried to do that with traveling with, to the games with the football yeah. um, team. And we've, we've taken our boys with us on to the away games. And that has been fantastic for our little five-some unit because during the season, the boys just don't see their dad. And so it's, yeah, you know, you maybe it's only keep 24, it. 36 hours, you know, but it's um, time and but that means missing soccer games and telling coaches, well, we're going here. And to a lot of people, oh, you're going to the Notre Dame game. Wow. You know, I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> to them, it's the coolest it, thing. And honestly, I think a lot of that is lost on our boys. I bet it is. It's just work, huh? It is. They're used to it. You know, I, I mean, you know, when we went to Cowboy Stadium, my son was commenting how he thought that fishing in Montana that summer had been cooler than that. Isn't that? And that was huge. That's great. Yeah, that's a kid that with perspective, huge. though, right? I mean, that's... He gets. He's getting the message that families first. Yeah, we had been we had been fishing, and this huge osprey swooped down and grabbed a fish right out of the boat. Oh, how cool! And so as we're driving down the tunnel in the bus, I said, "You know, breaks. This is really a neat experience for your dad. You know, this is a big game, and it's the first time in the stadium." And that's when you, know, you took the quarterback the out. That's right. Going, yeah, going down in the tunnel, and and he just looked at me and said, "There's no way this is cooler than that osprey grabbing <laughs> that fish out of the boat." That's and so I just cool. like puffed up with pride. Yeah. I was like, "That's boy." But it's yeah, it is perspective. So, but some of that too is when you do something so much, you don't think it's so. Yeah, it's just a spectacular job. as much. The, yeah. the, the fun yeah. thing for us with our boys too is, um, as Holly mentioned, they're all three very different, and I I love to read and have a passion. And my oldest son loves the performing arts, uh, drama, really, um, singing, playing the saxophone, cool. music. He's currently in a play. Um, he loves that part, and so so many times for him, he was getting asked. Well, you're going to be a football player like your dad, et cetera. We actually then, because he was disarmed by that, and so we spent time as a family practicing responses. And it was so much fun to see him empowered. And so he simply has a canned response now that he feels powerful. And that just means, no, we have Uh, enough football in my family. 
and that puts an end to it. And how right. is he's back to being him? I'm me. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But you, but you actually, yeah. again, you drilled. I mean, you, yeah. you did some drills, some practices, and, and, and to practice to giving him the yeah, power to now he's not reactionary. He, that is... he is in control of when that question comes. He mm-hmm. can get on with his life, and he doesn't have to feel bad about yeah. not being a football player. And you, and empowers. So now he yeah. actually knows how to say it. Mm-hmm. Is that the coach in you? Oh, uh, it's not. No, it's not. And the is coach. that just you? You knew I, he needed a system, I, I, a structure. I think it's. I think it's the father, and I yeah. think it's the compassion of. He's not me. I no. don't want him to be me. I want him to explore and find out who he is. And Holly and I have both seen he loves drama. He loves music. He loves he the theater. Up. And that he he just is embracing that. And my son, Breaker, if he could spend the entire summer outside with no shirt on, being mungy and muddy with dogs <laughs> and fishing poles and chasing toads, he, he's good. And if, yeah. if Raider could could um, be the X game superstar and do three sixties on his skateboard and a half pipe, then he's, he's, he's great. Happy as and ever. all he wants to do, if you want to organize a sport, he has no interest. If he can have free time to be and explore himself. And so who am I to say they no. ought to be football people? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, really. Well, our society has so much emphasis, overemphasis on athletics. And Don't sports. you think? Exactly. And, and I, I do. And I wish I keep saying this to Bronco. How can I, as a mom and a parent fight this? increase in society on the emphasis of sports yeah because as 10 years old and nine years old do our children have to choose the sport they want to play right yeah and do they have to travel all over the country and do they have to not be able to do other things because of this it's just so backwards yeah it is and it's really really hard because you kind of have to get in the groove and play if you're thinking of playing at all or you're not going to read in the right t- channel or it's political or blah 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 you know it's all mm-hmm. this garbage and it is so frustrating to think that you're kind of sucked into that and I, I don't really know how to fight it i'm always saying to bronco how do i do this how well i think I you just raised it you're no. fighting it right there by bringing it out and saying well, no. well and we are fighting it because it. um my boys are missing rugby games breakers missing a couple uh, uh at least six baseball games mm-hmm. while they're in montana but holly and i we we allowed the boys to choose and they wanted to play yeah and for us to say time with their mom in montana to explore and experience something else as opposed to doing that if they don't end up making the high school team because of that yeah um, so be it. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. And it's about them being good people, you know, and being producing citizens in society and giving back. And it's not just about playing sports. No. And, you know, if you look statistically, Bronco can tell you all those statistics about kids that end up playing, you know, whether it's high school, college. Yeah. NFL, what's really, yeah. Who's going to actually get out it, of their pro? It is. Yeah. And then what do those kids do right. after? So many of the players that Bronco has, they, they don't know what to do after no, college falls over. I think I've met a bunch that of them. That is all they've done, yeah, since the age of like 10. Yeah. They have no hobbies. They have no interests. They're no longer the it person. Yeah. And so who am I and what defines me? I mean, wh- wh- who am I as an individual because I don't, you know, I, this is no longer part of my life. And so it's just, uh, I, I really am trying to be careful of that. But man, it's kind of like fighting an uphill battle. It is. Well, this what to everyone me, does is what they talk about. Well, know? this goes back to, the I think, the Mendenhall philosophy. Like, you guys, you, Bronco, make a big deal. And I know you take Holly to go do these firesides. You don't have to. So those that are out there that don't know what Bronco does, but when BYU football team shows up to Notre Dame, they also schedule events where the Bronco, Holly, and the football players will go have a fireside, which is where they just go share their spiritual feelings, their beliefs about God, and they give back to the community that way. And that's What's that the, about? That's the idea is we're not going just to be the featured event on the football field. Right. We're actually going to give back and provide a message of substance and value 
to those in life that have the same challenges we do. And it makes a lot more sense as you focus on being thankful for the opportunity to be on this planet, how you might help others, yeah. and be thankful for the blessings that you have. And I spoke to just a group of campers yesterday, and I was telling them that um, the game of football is carrying a piece of leather across a line. <laughs> what value does that have in the eternal perspective? Right. Unless you're doing that to possibly teach values that could help other people. Right. If not, it's only about you. And if it's only about you, those are the most um, unhappy people I've ever met. And what we don't want our boys or each other to feel is that what we do defines who we are. We'd mm-hmm. rather have who we are um, be um, authentic and come across in everything we do. Brilliant. And so I believe that I'm um, first and foremost a, a husband and father and Christian and someone that cares deeply about my faith and that that can't be manifest through football. If that wasn't the case, then I, I shouldn't be coaching. Yeah, right. Because um, it would make no sense. And it's just a game about a piece of leather across a line. Yeah. And how much money. And these kids that go to the NFL, the statistic is simply this. If they play three years or longer in the NFL, 70% of those kids leave the league divorced, bankrupt, a substance abuser, and disabled. Oh, all four heavens. of them. Wow. All four of those how qualities. That? Yeah. And, and that's where all our focus really goes. Sad. Get them there. Get them there. Yeah, get them exactly. There. And, and exactly. The amount of money they pay for the tickets, the fans to watch, and and my my uh, my young player Ziggy Ansa, mm-hmm. fifth pick overall in the draft, he'll make twenty million dollars because oh, my he can sack a guy that has a piece of leather, yeah. and not let him get it across the line. That's right. But what if, what if he's living his life in a manner and reaching out to others in that community, and they'll listen to him because he's wearing a Detroit jersey? Possibly he can instill values saying, this is what I do. It's not who I am, yeah. and this is far more important. Then it starts making more sense. And we believe, Holly and I as a family, that, that who we are is manifest um, through that. If it's through what we do that can teach, yeah, that's even better. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and that's why you also push tradition, spirit, honor. Yeah. You can't go around BYU campus without hearing. Those are the principles you're trying to get them to get in their heart, instilled in their heart. And really, even for a family, if you were to apply those three principles, tradition of uh, where did my family come from? Yeah, who's my grandpa? What, what sacrifices did they make? What did they give up to come to this mm-hmm. country? And can you honor those family members? The spiritual component, meaning also honoring where we came from yeah. and where we're going back to. And the honor simply means how you conduct yourself on a daily basis. And if our program, if you could say BYU and not have tradition, spirit, honor, somehow attached to it, then I still have a lot of work to do yeah. about what our program really means. Um, and But more importantly than that, when I go home every night, um, I have a, a Holly and the boys that, man, I just can't wait to see. And, and I feel more fulfilled in that role than anything I can do because I'm now not seeking praise of the world. I, I'm just wanting to be home and, and contribute to a it's family. Be dad. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it'd be so nice yeah. to hang your whistle up and just be dad. <laughs> And and husband and father. <laughs> What's fun is Holly reminds me of that. And she, she <laughs> if I'm acting that way, she says, she, like she said, I, we're we're not your team, and I'm not your secretary. So go have time out. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna call a timeout. Personal foul on Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> Holly, tell me about the um, tell me about the foundation. That when I saw an article where you talked about that, and that you seem to light up completely when you talk about that no, foundation. I just. I, yeah, well, again, it goes back to the service component. And, um, you know, my learning curve has been, I have a French degree. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have no, no, yeah, no idea what we were doing. I just wanted to give back. And so I, I felt really strongly that we needed to do this to teach our children how to give back. 
And so when the Thursday Heroes just seemed a natural anchor for that. And so we started the foundation. And I think it took Bronco a little bit to catch the vision because he's so busy and yeah. so much going on that sometimes he's just like, you know what, I can't even One more thing. put a thought yeah. into that. Exactly. It's adding to his pile. But um, so it's, you know, we, we, um, we have started it and slowly just grown with it. And we've tried different events. We're continuing to kind of reach out and do different things. And it's really just been a process of, of learning how to serve others, learning how to give, to give back. And I really just, I haven't wanted it to grow to be too big because I want to give, um, you know, I'd love to give a hundred percent back yeah. of what we, what, what we're, what we earn, what we are able to fundraise to the program. And so, um, you know, it's the, just, uh, it, it's a way to, it, it's been a huge growth experience for me and I've, I've loved it. The foundation gives to, whom? Who, who are the recipients of the well, foundation? Well, right now, the, the, the foundation is the Holly and Bronco Mendenhall Foundation. Yeah. But uh, the anchor of that foundation is Thursday's Heroes. And so, you know, Bronco has a program uh, throughout the football season. So there's about 15 a year that um, our, our children, uh, adults, whatever, that have uh, significant life challenges. And they are huge BYU fans. And so it's kind of like a – it's not a true make-a-wish type thing, but yeah. – they're somehow nominated by someone. They come in and they spend a day on a with Thursday, the team. typically. Yeah, they go to practice and get a tour of the facilities and that kind of thing. And we've been working on a grant program where if those people have needs, they can um, apply to us for a grant. You know, it would be hard for us to touch their medical bills. We can't do things yeah, like right. that. Yeah, right. That's hard. We could help them maybe remodel a bathroom for a handicapped child or um if they were terminal, maybe they could go on a final family vacation. You know, mm-hmm. various smaller things that we could do. Kind of happy money, really. And I guess part of it, too, is what they do with that money. Maybe I'm not the one to judge. But um, so that's that's kind of where we are. I'd love to grow it more uh, to do more things. But I really wanted it to be local. I wanted it to be something that we could give back right here. But if people yeah, want to get involved with that, they can go to broncomendenhall.com, right? And there, yes, there yeah. are ways to contribute and ways to get involved, and there's rides. You guys have so many activities. Climb yeah, the Y kind of our, stuff. Well, our next ride is called the Hero Ride, and that's going to be August 31st. Cool. And that's the day of our first game, and it's a bicycle ride. You can do 30, 60, or 100 miles. Wow. From Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Can you so, just watch yes. and donate? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can I drive it? I'll drive the 90. <laughs> Isn't that pathetic? I'd rather just pay and just drive it. Why go to all the work? Oh, that's funny. That was Holly Mendenhall talking about the Holly and Bronco Mendenhall Foundation. You can find more information about that on broncomendenhall.com. Stick around. We'll be back with more of the Mendenhalls talking family after this. KBYU-FM, HD2 Provo. You will never guess how Neil Armstrong's footprints on the moon connect to your local weather forecast tomorrow. Stay tuned. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. This is a story about unlikely connections and how the pursuit of scientific inquiry can cross strange boundaries. John Lane is a physicist at NASA's Kennedy Space Center. Part of John's job is to think ahead to the time we return to the moon with robots as well as astronauts. His specific task involves figuring out how close we can come when visiting old Apollo moon landing sites without damaging and disturbing them with the dirt kicked up from rocket exhaust. 
Lane was working on a laser-based moon dust sensor that could warn a robot probe or spacecraft when it was kicking up too much lunar dust, and he needed something to use for testing his sensor. He settled on raindrops as a kind of substitute for airborne lunar dust and came up with an accidental discovery that might make weather prediction more accurate than before. Seems his laser dust sensor can make a very accurate measurement of the size of falling raindrops in midair, something that radar can only guess at. Knowing the exact size of raindrops can lead to better weather models and forecasts. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Independence Day to you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, and we are going to get back to our interview with BYU's head football coach, Bronco Mendenhall, and his wife, Holly. In this segment, they're talking family, and they're going to tell us about their relationship. I want to know something. Okay, Bronco, think of Holly. Yep. It's pretty cool, by the way, Holly. When when we when he listens to you talk, I don't know if you I don't know if he does this at home, but here he smiles. He just he's loving hearing you talk. Is that normal? I'm goofy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's just goofy. You know. Well, I don't think he knows what to do with me part of the time. But no. But it's almost like he just loves hearing you lead. Maybe it's like let her lead. Well, here here's the thing: is that I've spent my entire day talking about football. Yeah. From eight this morning till right now on TV, on ESPN, on radio, etc. And what my passion is is it's through football, but yeah. it's talking about family, it's talking family about and these faith. Principles. And, and so here's my here's my partner <laughs> just going for it. And do you know how refreshing that is in this I day no, I that bet. I actually am grounded back to yeah back to who I am anyway. Yeah. yeah, isn't that great? It's fun. But see, again, the world doesn't teach this. And um, so here's what I want to know something. And, and I've got questions forever, but here we go. I want to know what you love most about Holly. Oh, that's easy. Oh, really? So, so, so Holly is absolutely authentic, meaning that um, she is herself. She knows who she is and is completely grounded in um, what matters most. Yeah. And, and, the most welcoming. So because of that authenticity, uh, folks gravitate toward her and she is the best listener and the best caregiver and compassionate person that I've ever witnessed. And wherever we go there, if we fly on an airplane somewhere, Holly will know everything about that person. They'll be exchanging emails, yeah. family pictures Coming for dinner. My, yeah. We, we have a family vacation plan together, maybe with them. And <laughs> if I were sitting next to him, I'm in my book and there's a zero contact Isn't that at all. And, but she is just a, a radiates yeah. um, a, this welcoming and, and compassionate and listening and, um, and um, outreach that is just so warm, and I love that. Well, and what a great blessing that you, that's who you're tied to forever. So yeah. you now, it's like, it's almost like God saying, hey, Bronco, yeah. learn something, pal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, going to take me a lot longer. I mean, it's, it's like, and she's, but, uh, I, I learned. I she's patient Hol- enough to do it. Too. Yeah, and Holly has a much tougher job than I do um, with the visibility of being the head football coach, but she's on the front lines with the kids 
and at church, whether we play well or not, and yeah. here's all the garbage. Oh, and and she's battling all that, but on my behalf, but also teaching along the way, uh-huh. saying to folks, really? That's I mean, where we're going It's there. a football game. Yeah. Let um, it go. Yeah. Let it go. Um, Holly, what would you say? What what What's your favorite thing? That, and what's your favorite thing? And what do people not see about Bronco? I mean, there's... There's so much just that's not even real that's out there. What what is it that we don't really see and know about Bronco Mendenhall? We lost her. Did we lose her? Yeah, we're oh, they're calling her back. See what happened, Bronco? She she's bailed. I, I think like, I think she hit um, hang up on purpose so she could think about that question yeah. and then. Like, oh, don't make me answer. She, yeah, she, she might be like um, going through a walk and trying to get in tune with nature before she answers <laughs> she's like that one. Calling her mom. What <laughs> yeah. should I say, mom? Bronco, how did you meet her? Oh, it's a great one. Um, in the So we had mutual friends in the horse business. I grew up breaking and training horses. Holly's family was in the horse business. And we each had a friend, um, a family friend named the Summerhays, that the Summerhays knew Holly's family and my family. And they said, you know, we ought to get these two together. These two are great. I'm in Utah. She's in Montana. So we meet at a wedding reception. That's um, The whole thing is orchestrated. Yeah. And we date off and on long distance for a year. I'm at Oregon State University at this time. She's at Montana. Doesn't really work. Um, that'd be a whole other conversation is to find out why, because we have different opinions <laughs> different on views. that. But she's not on the phone, so no, you can make it. Exactly one. right. So listen to my version. <laughs> but anyway, we, we break up and 10 years later, um, with no contact, um, we have the same gate in Salt Lake City at an airport. No way. I'm flying out of this gate. She's flying in to the gate. And her story at this point is that she was shocked because, um, well, she saw someone with an Oregon State coat on, and she'd followed me a little bit and knew I was coaching there, but I was sitting reading a book. Of course. And, <laughs> and so she looked at that and was like, oh, he's matured. He's, yeah, he's, he's grown up. Yeah, My exactly. little boy's grown up. <laughs> exactly. He's now ready for me. Right. Is that right? Basically that, yeah. yeah. And, and so... That's then um, you you saw each other and you talked. We talked. Started dating we, we, we walked. Again. Yeah, we walked up and down the whatever you could not the tarmac the concourse. The concourse. Yeah. yeah, and so a year later we were married and I was thirty one. Wow. And Holly's thirty. Perfect. And um, we then we waited for two more years before having children to have life experiences together and really develop our relationship and it's been just absolutely phenomenal and um, we've great. made it work. Yeah. Yeah. Is she back on? We can't get her back. So, so what, one other thing yeah. that the folks ought to know about Holly, which is which is pretty amazing. So Holly owned her own adventure travel company when yeah. we were married, and I'd just been fired um, at uh, at Oregon State. Um, and so we get married. She's hired. Or she's marrying a fired football coach. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> she owns her own business in Montana, travel adventure travel, which is her passion, yeah. etc. I then get a job at Louisiana Tech University. Holy cow. Ruston, Louisiana. Oh, man. Our honeymoon is spent in a rider truck driving from Missoula, Montana to Ruston, Louisiana. Romantic. We, uh, I pick out the house without her seeing it in Louisiana, which is a huge risk, by <laughs> the way, a, for anyone. I don't mistake. recommend it. Yeah. yeah. So we go. I show up to the office, and I get this frantic phone call. The true story. And she says, uh, could you get home right now? And I'm like, oh, what, what's what happened? happened? And literally, uh, members of the Ku Klux Klan are on the um, unloading crew of Moving house. you in. They're and, the welcoming committee. And, and they're saying, th- their first question is, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about oh, And they're no. using really foul language, et cetera. And she's wondering, what okay, I'm giving up adventure here? travel, my yeah. life's passion Montana. in Montana. <laughs> we end up selling the company, her travel company, to work in Ruston, Louisiana. 
um, oh, for a loss of $250,000. So we start our marriage a quarter million dollars in debt, and Holly makes it work. The entire time, she writes a book on budgeting. Um, we're living on less than we do in college, but we're having a great time. Yeah. I'm riding my bicycle to work. We're having top ramen. <laughs> She's got envelopes with cash in it for each thing, and when it's gone, it's gone. And within a matter of three years, we're completely out of debt. In the meantime, I don't know this at the time, She's paying additional tithing and fast offerings in serving to give back without telling me yeah. while we're a quarter million dollars in debt with a smile on her face. Seriously. Never tells me. And so she's an amazing woman. She is amazing. And she didn't even hear that, yeah. Bronco. I've, I've told it before. Well, we'll send it to yeah. her. <laughs> That'd be good. But that, like, again, the faith, which is this is all your, these are your principles, no faith and family. And yeah. interestingly, where does football fit? Football's last. Um, in fact, I've received a lot of criticism. I know. What's the order? For, I mean, cause well, to there, me, that's never said. No, there's uh, football's fifth in, in my mindset. And what I tell folks is, so um, I actually put family first. Um, then great. my faith. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're close. Then after that, it, it goes right to education. How much knowledge can we gain? Yeah. Because that knowledge, if gained, means you can be a more appropriate servant to other mm-hmm. people. Well, and it would have blown up the Ku, the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then right after that, it's friends. Um, wow. And I don't have many in this circle that I'm running or they're conditional. Yeah. Holly has tons. But those are lasting and vibrant relationships that really, I think, can empower others and give them a, a, a great boost in their day. And Holly's great at that. I get to do it through teaching mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis. And then after that, it's really delivering those values through what you do. So we're not... <laughs> We're not doing all that to be a football coach. Right. We're actually that's just the way I deliver, and we deliver those messages. It's just so the principles are in you. You believe in them. You just use your sport, your exactly job, right. My job, as a way to transfer the principles through people yeah. in life. If not, who are we? Yeah. And I think you can do it tastefully and appropriately, no matter what line of work you're in. Powerful. And, and if if we don't, then why? What are we doing on this earth, in my opinion? So is that the advice you give parents? What do you yeah. say to parents? Like, if you're going to go talk to a bunch of parents, what what are we missing? I think what we're missing is the, the disproportionate value placed on accomplishment through sport or accomplishment through a piano recital yeah, or accomplishment or through mm-hmm. um, and this comparative nature of um, which school we get into, whether it's this or that, and and the life experiences that are happening to, to um, really teach self-reliance in our children for them to take chances based on their priorities and encourage and support and teach. And then let, rather than living vicarious through them, really nurture and help them become who they are anxious to become. Yeah. And, and it's very competitive out there. And just through the world of Little League sports and watching my kids now, um, none of my sports are playing football. We haven't allowed them to. Yeah. Um, basically for the the framework of who are they first identity find their per- find their identity and most parents when they see my my kids or vice versa we ask them what do you like to do we yeah, don't ask yeah. them who they are yeah 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 exactly. um and you know what what, do you what do? qualities what you know tell me about yourself it's usually what do you do uh-huh, exactly like that's going to define you yeah and I'm i don't like your yeah i'm a doctor yeah. i'm a what does that mean nothing Unless you've stereotyped, yeah. a coach means this. Or... Well, yeah, yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. I'm a son. I'm a, I'm a husband. Yeah. And then even that, those are even just roles. I, I'm, I'm, a, a... I'm a lifelong learner. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm, I'm uh, someone here to serve. I'm, I'm hardworking. Dis- exactly right. I'm service-oriented. Exactly right. And, and all of a sudden, those labels, if that's what we call them, start making a lot more sense and are more descriptive than um, I'm a butcher or I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. 
well, what kind of lawyer? What really? What kind of person are you? Yeah, would be a better question other than what you, what do you do? I love that. Um, have you heard about all the guys today in the news that are in trouble? All the football players, yeah. pro, that are all murders, yeah. all that stuff. What do you tell? Um, oh, she's back. Nice. Hey, Holly, are you back? <laughs> I'm back. I don't know what happened, but I lost The, the ratings went down while the you were rating, gone. They're like, happened. okay, boring. Get the yeah, good one yeah, back. That's exactly right. I'll be quiet now. Get and... the good men in Hall back. Okay, I'm going to ask Bronco this question, but then I want you – I've got a killer question for you, Holly, that we – and you missed some really okay. good stuff. Bronco, I don't know if you know this, but he kind of likes you. He likes you a lot. I like him send him a letter. If you like him, send Bronco a letter. Um, okay, so Bronco, here's the question. What – do you tell your guys on your team and your sons when when you see them being less than you know they're called to be? Yeah. Just even as a son of God, yeah. what is what do you say to kind of reinvigorate them to know who they are at the core? <laughs> if you ask my son Breaker or any of them, what when anytime he goes off to an activity or a game, they'll say, "Okay, now tell me what you're going to do." First, he'll say, "Try hard." Um, then he'll say, "Have fun," and then right. he'll say, "Learn." Um, and by the way, principle, yeah. principle, principle, yeah. and the outcome has nothing to do with it. It is try the very best you can try. Be all you can be. Have Army. a great time while you do it, and then tell me what you've learned because that's the only reason for activities. Yeah, why else are we doing mm-hmm. it? And again, it goes. It all is back to principle. Mm-hmm. That's having a philosophy is essential. Otherwise, well, we're just other, moving. Yeah. Otherwise, cogs. you have no right. framework for your yeah. decisions. Okay, Holly, you ready? I got a yes, question right. for you. And this is what I was asking you before you hung up in such a rude way. <laughs> uh, just kidding. So, Holly, um, what do we, okay, what do we not know about Bronco Mendenhall? Something that you know. Don't embarrass him, but you can if you want. <laughs> but what, what do you know that the rest of us don't know, the media doesn't cover, or if they do, they don't get it? That you are so oh, grateful. That, by the way, that's the exact oh, same thing oh. he said about you. That's an easy one. And then, really? he, okay. So, what is it? What is it? Well, I think Bronco is an introvert and extrovert's job, and he has said that before. Yeah, that's true. But Bronco is really a great. He's very. He's fun. He's fun to be around. But he doesn't have this. Um, this where he, you feel comfortable walking up to him and hanging out with him and <laughs> wanting to be his buddy. You know, he's not that approachable. He's not someone that you can He's scary. You know, uh, <laughs> but when when if when it's just us and it's the family, he's terrific. He's he's fun to be around. He's engaging. He wants to do things all the time. Yeah. He's um, you know, he's uh, he's he's not he's not a regular person because I don't like saying oh he's a regular human. He's being. just a regular but, guy. Yeah. But but really, I mean, he's he's uh, he's normal. You know, when you're in the public eye, you have to protect yourself a little bit anyway. No, totally. So it's not like you want to let let anybody into everything but um he's we we just we love it when he's around i mean when he comes in the door the boys are like ah dad you know yeah Yeah, and they just start you know giving him 5500 stories about what happened in their day today (laughs) and how they did this and how they did that and i just i love that because he's a fantastic father that's cool he's an he's, he's an excellent example just in the way that he lives you know yeah but um but bronco's an amazing human being i mean aside from He's an ex- he's a spiritual giant in that sense, yeah. kind of a core. But he um, and he always loves to be doing things. He doesn't just want to plunk down and just you know let let time pass by. Does he eat nothing. Cheetos? Has Bronco had a Cheeto <laughs> in the last year? Well, the last year, holy cow, he's been pretty intense with his nutritionist. Has he? Okay, so he's been right. kind of ruined yeah, he that. Likes way. Salt. 
is, like it, salt. is this a time for a confession? Do you have a confession? What is it, Bronco? <laughs> so I, I, I do go to Subway frequently and Jimmy John's, sub, any uh-huh. healthy. Um, but if I were to choose my favorite bag of chips with yeah. um, my sandwich, which was yesterday... Cheetos. 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 Yeah. That's my so favorite, you, Bronco. Your, 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 your intuition is pretty amazing. I love that. I can see the orange fingertips. Yeah. What did you say, Holly? I like the crunchy kind, not the puffy ones, the crunchy ones. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I don't like the pu- the puffier for sissies. Yeah, I don't know I, if you've I, noticed that. You. If you're going to go, go, go hard. <laughs> you're going to go, you're going to die, yeah. die for real. Die, die quickly. <laughs> Eliminate some, some teeth while you go. Die crunchy. <laughs> well, let's ask you one more question. We'll let you guys go. But um, And I so appreciate it. I mean, this is honestly, I think, 10 times more valuable than hearing about your plan this year for BYU football. You know, if, if I could have had a whole day well, of this, real, this would have been a lot honestly. more fun. Well, what did you say, Holly? I said it's more real. It's totally yeah. more real. I mean, well, and the people yeah. out there need to know that, you know, you're real. Not just you're real, but life is the same for you as it is for the rest of us. And okay, Sometimes it's just a battle. Yeah. Okay. It Sorry. is a battle. Here's what I want to kind of know. And um, you're, you're a mom, dad, husband, wife. You're all of these things. You're, you're kind of you're spiritually oriented. You're trying to be the best you can be. You're not perfect. You're willing to learn and grow. What what what's your one thing? So if you had one thing on earth to tell people that has just brought you peace, not perfection, peace. What's the one thing that you're holding as your kind of grand lesson in life now that would just bring your other people out there listening more peace? Is, is this uh, is it for me first? Yeah, you. Because yeah, we want Holly to wrap it up because <laughs> yeah, she keeps in case the I ratings mess it up. up. Then yeah, she can. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. You can finish strong. She can clean it up. <laughs> that, that's our, how our life works too. By the way, it, it, it's pretty easy for me. Um, the one thing has been accumulated over the past eight years with all the visibility, with all the pressure, and with all not only those that praise me disproportionately, but criticize disproportionately <laughs> yeah. based on whether leather crosses a line. Um, this life is not about pleasing others. It's about pleasing our Father in heaven and the sense of peace that comes in aligning your will with his for the sake of helping other people is the only source of real happiness. And this idea of seeking praise from the world, um, it's not lasting, nor is it substantive, um, nor does it go deep enough. Powerful. Okay, Holly, try to beat that. Ratings are on the line, by the way. No competition. Because honestly, I mean, for me, it's totally different. I'm looking at all the multitasking I'm doing. But when I think of like young women and someone like me, I think it's just, it's really loving yourself and accepting who you are and what you have. Because Mm -hmm. we spend so much of our time competing with others, comparing ourselves to others, looking to one-up everyone else and beating the Joneses, so to speak. And really, if you can find true happiness in what you have, and realize that what you've been given and what you've been blessed with is by design. Your Father in Heaven has given, our Father in Heaven has given each, of us, each one of us our own unique set of everything. Yeah. And it's not supposed to be what Jane down the street has or Bill across the, across the way. You know, everyone has their garbage and everyone has their stuff. And so kind of just getting into ourselves and realizing what we have and what we can do with what we have, if we truly love ourselves and are passionate about what we've been given, we can do amazing things and can be very empowering and powerful if we get away from all the negative comparing and, and women are you know, oh, yeah. good at that, um, comparing and the jealousy and competing and all of those things that really are just are not good. But if we can love ourselves, be grateful for what we have, and then we can, be, we can move mountains. 
if we if we could um, do that. I love it. Holly Mendenhall. She did it, didn't she? It, it ought to be her show, I think. It really does. By the way, maybe I, she could oh, be yeah. a weekly Let's guest. Let's have her on. I, I would. Lo- we last year we had Kafusi, uh, Michelle Kafusi yeah. on, and we had some of the other players' wives. So yeah. anytime you guys want, seriously, the, I would love to just have you keep teaching us. So I know the football season's busy. Off season, we'll do it. Holly, you're the best. Yeah, we might have a different interview, different times of year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I I'd, I'd love to see him. you guys out <laughs> yeah, of season. If you got us in season, that would be interesting to see that what that sounds like. You guys, I can't stand her. Get off my back. She's such a nag. He's so lazy. Ollie eats his Cheetos. Holly and Bronco Mendenhall, we love you. And um, you. seriously, you. more importantly, good, bl- good luck in keeping the mission going. Um, changing the world. That was BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall and his wife Holly teaching us about family and their philosophy on life. For the Mendenhalls, it's not football first, it's family, then faith, education, and friends. Hopefully we can all get some of those things on this Independence Day. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more here on the Matt Townsend Show. What looks good to the eye reveals flaws when the heat's on, and that's a good thing. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. If you're building an airplane wing and you want to know just how far it will bend before it breaks, you could go ahead and break it, but then you don't have that wing anymore. Non-destructive testing tells us as much about a sample as if we actually broke one without the waste. NASA's Langley Research Center has been doing this for many years and has patents for some of its inventions. One of these involves thermography, watching how a sample holds and releases heat with infrared cameras. Flaws deep inside a structure can sometimes only be located this way, but this becomes hard to do when a structure is too big to be heated all at once. NASA's patent covers a system that travels along the largest target and makes these measurements in a continuous pass instead of a patch at a time with special software that interprets the heat patterns. Private industry has leased this technology and is using it to check things from wind farm turbines to power plant boilers, as well as making sure new wings and older airplanes are still safe and sturdy. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to this Independence Day celebration on the Matt Townsend Show. As we're wrapping up the show, we always like to do our segment, The Internet Asks, Matt Answers, and our very own Colonel Rob Sanders has got a question for us from the interweb. Yeah, I found a question from a mother who has uh, a daughter who uh, recently graduated high school. Okay. And this girl over the summer has gotten a boyfriend. Oh, boy. Here we go. I guess they've been dating for a few months, four, four, five, six months. Family vacation time comes. She's saying, well, I don't know if I really want to go without him. Well, that's fine. We'll try to work it out so he can come too. It'll be, you know, we're not crazy about it, but, you know, we want to be accommodating. At the last minute, some things didn't work out. He can't come. So she says, well, I don't want to come either. Mm. Game on. Is the family vacation salvageable or is it all going to fall apart? Well, um, had she just graduated? Is that what we heard? Yeah, so she's 18. She's 18. 
Interesting thing. If mom and dad are paying for the vacation, I guess mom and dad get to choose. But she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to go. I guess because the the boyfriend now doesn't like. Yeah, now the boyfriend's saying, "Well, your mom's too controlling. She's kind of emotionally abusive. So you shouldn't cave to your mom like that." Oh, that's so. interesting. You should stay with me. You should stay with me. Um, you know what? It doesn't sound salvageable. I mean, in the end, you got a choice, and the choice is simply, I guess, if you don't want to go, you don't want to go. You're 18. Now you're a grown-up. If you don't want to go – by the way, what I would make sure we do next year, we have the best vacation in the history of the world. So that way she uh, wants to um, go. By the way, too, the the mom was trying. It's not like she didn't try. But I'm also going to bet that uh, the mom's also been a little bit um, controlling and was using the vacation. We're only hearing the mom's side of the story. What if she is emotionally abusive? She probably is a little controlling. And and so in the end of this, remember, so for the rest of us out there in listener land, you've got to ask yourself, do you want to be right? Do you want to have control of your vacations? Or do you want to have long-term relationships with your family? If you want a long-term relationship with your family... You sometimes can't have everything you want, and maybe that means we have to bring a boyfriend, or maybe that means we leave a child. We have to decide what's in the best interest of a long-term relationship. Effective doesn't mean we always get it. Effective means I can get results with my family today without hurting long-term my ability to be effective with them tomorrow. That is the goal, folks. That's the goal of the 4th of July, these holidays. Let's go out there. Let's spend time with our family. Let's get results with them today. Let's not destroy our ability to do it again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We love being with you here every Monday through Friday, and we would love to talk to you again tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.